Welcome to the Sport Fuels Life podcast, where we're bringing you interviews with coaches and athletes at the top of their game. This is a community to support coaches, athletes, and fans who share a passion for making the world a better place through athletics. We are serving our community and providing a variety of resources to grow and win as a team in the sports we play and the life we live. We are your hosts. I'm Ashley. And I'm Megan. And we're so excited to bring you all things Sport Fuels Life. Hey, Tyree, we're so excited to have you here today. Um, Just for our listeners who don't know you very well or maybe have um, not been familiar with all of your amazing achievements, would you just share a little bit about who you are? Maybe talk about the unique experiences you've had that have brought you to this moment in time where you're from and how it has impacted who you are today. Yeah, thank you so much, Ashley. Yeah, for a lot of you don't know who Tyree Washington really is, so you the insight. I was, I was born and raised in Riverside, California. My mother and my grandmother raised me and, and it was, I, had, I had a tough upbringing. Uh, I mean, my, I battled with asthma pretty much as, as a child, spent a lot of time in the hospital. And I got a lot of trouble too. I was a hard hit, I was a hard headed kid. And so my mother, my, my grandmother thought it was best that I get involved in sports. And, and I was, even though I was so sickly and so skinny, I mean, football was like my first love. And I got involved playing pop water football many years ago. And, and I excelled. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to, I didn't know if I was going to do as well because I was, I was so small, but I was extremely strong and extremely fast. But um, I excelled, I excelled in pop water. And then I just, I moved up as I got older and, and went from high, from Pop Warner to play a little bit of junior high school football. Then with the high school, I mean, then with the high school, um, I started. I, I ran track and all four years, played football, and I was all state cornerback uh, as a defensive back, and also played free safety. And I was a state champion, you know, the long jump. And I was heavily recruited in high school to play football. And I had, I had coaches, I had colleges from Colorado, Oregon, I mean, Nebraska, Florida. I mean, Stanford, I mean, you name it, they were, they were coming after me. And I decided to sign with the University of Oregon because I felt that the, the U of O fit, my, fit, um, fit me very well. And, and I love to play defense and also be a specialist uh, as a kickoff returner. But, but then life hit me um, once again, like it did as I was a youngster with just my asthma, just in a hospital. Um, I had a, uh, my girlfriend, she got my girlfriend in high school, she ended up getting pregnant. And I was going to be a father. And so I had to make a decision. Do I want to, do I want to go to University of Oregon or do I want to take care of my son? And I decided to uh, take care of my son. And so I gave up the scholarship. But um, so I think I went on hiatus for a while because I was devastated. And, and there was a coach named Blackman Ehem. He was from Nigeria. He was watching me all four years in high school. I ran the 400 meters, and I was I was second in the nation, you know, my senior year of high school, and I was I was I was, I was pretty good. I thought I, was, I thought I had some some pretty good potential, and he met up with me one day while I was uh, while I was playing football at the junior college, and he asked me if I would come over to his uh, come over to Samuel Valley College and run track, and and I wasn't really trying to I wasn't wasn't trying to run track. I mean, I just wanted to get, I just really wanted to. Play football at the JC, and then go back to D, go back up to, to the university, and then do my three years, and then go to the NFL. That was pretty much the script. And so I just, I kind of laughed. He said he, he told me he'll make me great. I laughed in his face, like whatever. 
I mean, everybody, every coach says that just about. And, but when things didn't work out, I decided to give him an opportunity to coach me. And he told me that he said, within nine months, I'm going to make you, I'm going to turn you, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make you great. And, and sure enough, he did. And so the fall of 1996, I started training with him. By May 1997, I had broken the national record, the state record. I was the number two 400 meter run in the world. And I went to my first race was against Michael Johnson internationally in Paris, France. And I beat Michael. And which was, Michael had a 58, I believe a 58 um, meet winning streak in the 400 meters. So he was just dominating. Michael's an awesome quarter miler, just magnificent. And so I was the youngest to ever beat him. And then I went to the world championships and I won my, my first international medal in Athens, Greece. I won a bronze medal. And then I got ranked number two in the world behind Michael Johnson. So it was, it was a great year. And, but football was always in my heart. And, and so I decided that in 1999 that I wanted to go back and play football so I hired an NFL agent and I'm signing with the San Diego Chargers so my life has been I mean it's it's been a roller coaster I mean there's so much there's so much meat potatoes within my story I mean there, there's a lot and but uh I truly believe that it if it wasn't for my coaches my coach Black Nehem he's like the closest thing to a father that I've ever had because if my father was not in my life and he's always been there for me. I mean, through good and through bad. I mean, he, he's truly the example of, of him and many others. I had Charles Graves. My, um, I ran track when I was little, little club track. And uh, Dwight Berry, Hank Moore, Ken Blumenthal. I mean, there's so many coaches I've had in my life that, that just love me unconditionally. I mean, and even when I was acting a fool and acting stupid and, and they wanted, I mean, they wanted to knock me, knock me, knock me silly. I mean, they were still there. They were always there and always encouraging me. And they weren't, they, they weren't the yes people. So they didn't tell me what I wanted to hear just because I was Tyree Washington, because I, was, I had all these great accomplishments and gold medals. And I was all state cornerback in high school and then all these uh, states long jump champion. And uh, they didn't care about anybody, anything about that. They wanted to make sure that I was gonna be on the straight and narrow and that I was, that I was gonna respect people and that I also, I'm going to treat other people like I want to be treated. And, and so that's what I loved about them is that they held me accountable like every day. And, and that for me, that was, that was something that just always, that, that to this day, it's, it's just, it's, it's stuck with me. And, and I, I treat people, I treat people the same way. I treat my clients the same way when I go speak all over the world. Uh, it's the same thing. And, um, and it's just, they're like, no matter what, no, you never give up. You never give up. Wow, what a story. So let's talk a little bit about adversity here. You've shared so much with us and obviously you are no stranger to it um, with all the life's obstacles that have been thrown at you. Can you speak a little bit to how those negative circumstances may have come into your life and how you overcame them? Well, I think we all do, we all deal with issues. Everybody it doesn't really matter where you come from. I don't care if you live in the ghetto, the projects, or you live in the Hamptons, Bel Air. It doesn't really matter. Uh, the, the 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 key is is how do we come, how do we find a solution to overcome those those adversities or those issues? And for me, it's I w- I've always been an optimistic uh, individual. So I I always think I always thought about I always knew that things were going to get better. When I had no idea, 
um, how they're getting better. Sometimes I didn't know how, but I just kept pushing forward in life. And, and I was just, like I said, being optimistic, being, I was always positive and I never gave up, even though like life would knock me in my stomach, I'll get hit with these, like one of these Mike Tyson blows. And, and I'm just like, I think I'm down for the count. I would just get back up and I would keep taking those baby steps and those baby steps turn into bigger steps to, to be able to get to my destination. But um, it's like I was saying earlier, is that a lot of people, sometimes you can have, it could be your spouse, it could be your best friend or whatever. A lot of people want to tell you what you want to hear. And I surround myself around people that don't tell me what I want to hear because when I want them to, I want to hold me, I want them like this, I want to hold me accountable. And I want them to give me that constructive criticism. And I don't want to be comfortable because when you're comfortable, you don't grow. When you get yourself in uncomfortable situations um, to where it's going to help you get better, that's when you're going to grow. And, and so my adversity, my adverse, all the adversity I had in my life, I look back at it, it just, it helped me to grow, to become stronger, just not uh, physically, but just um, mentally. And, and just, and, and when, when I look back, it's just, that's, that's hope. Um, that's what I can rely on. I can always look back at that and, and, and that gives me hope. Like I've been through so much um, and I overcame so much and, and I know so many of my friends didn't make it. Most of my friends have passed away. Um, they're, they're gone. So um, I, I'm grateful. I'm blessed to be here. Uh, there's, a, there's an old saying, uh, every day above ground is a good day. And, uh, and it's true. Because when you have air in your lungs and when you open your eyes in the morning, that's a gift. And when your feet can touch the ground and you can be able to move, I mean, you're blessed beyond belief. And so you still have a fight. You still can fight the good fight for that, you know, for today. Because you got to take one day at a time. Amen. That's that's you're preaching <laughs> right now. Um, let's, <laughs> let's kind of dive into what you're saying um, about this kind of inner knowing, this hope and optimism. Where do you think that came from, and how did you develop this sense of? tenacity or perseverance well I, I have a relationship with god and that's that's my rock right there and and so for me everything that i need is, i mean god to me he created everything puts the right people in my life at the right time to help lift me, lift me up when i fall but um i've done so many interviews like i said all over i mean all over and podcast the host they always ask me say man ty you're always up but what happens when you when you're not up what do you do? And I go to the book of Job in the Bible and I, uh, and I read about Job because Job went through a lot and I'll just kind of give you this little short version of what happened to Job. But, but uh, God allowed Satan to tempt Job and Job was a very rich man, had a great family and, and he had his health. I mean, he was just, things were just popping. It was great. And then uh, Satan went in and, and I said, God, Satan, God, like I said, God allowed Satan to tempt him. And Satan said that, well, after I take everything away from him, he's going to curse you. But Satan took Satan went in and took everything from Job. Um, he affected his health, took his riches, wiped out his family. But in the end, uh, Job never cursed God. He always stayed faithful. He always kept pushing forward. And and I look at that. I look at I look at if Job went through that, all of that, and if he made it. I can make it. I mean, and there's so many great people in the Bible that have gone through that have gone through uh, substantial amount of odds and and overcome. And so. Uh, that's that's what we all have to rely on is that I have a story you have you guys have a story and even with the pandemic is that we think this is new it's not new 
the Spanish flu hit in 1918, wiped out 50 to 100 million people. And so if we look at, we look back at what, you know, those individuals gone through and how they persevered, we are going to persevere. And so that's what helps me every day is to, uh, is to, to keep pressing forward is that I can, I can go on the, I can, I can go on the internet. I can, I can Google people's story. I can watch documentaries of people that have done great things that are giving me hope. I can read about them. I can listen on, um, uh, there's an ebook, there's the radio, there's podcast. There's so many different, there's so many outlets out there, so many lifelines out there to help myself, help all of us to keep pressing forward in life. And, um, and so that's what, that's what I do every day when I'm down. I just look at, I look at other people that have been through it and that have, that have persevered. So I'm like, if they did it, I'm going to do it too. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got to have something that keeps them pushing forward. And it sounds like you have a very strong mentality and just based in faith that kind of keeps you positive and pushing through life's challenges. So I'm curious if you can, you know, maybe describe a specific time when you've had to overcome some sort of mental block um, and how you overcame that. I would imagine, you know, maybe it's been based in your faith, but, but I guess for our listeners out there, if you could describe a time that you've had to overcome some sort of really difficult mental block or challenge and how you overcame that. Yeah, there were, uh, well, I mean, there's so many, there's so many different things I've gone through, but, uh, but I'm going to go back to 2005, 2005, I was having, uh, I was having a, a good, a good year. I wanted it to be a great year. And, and I know it wasn't gonna be perfect, but, but uh, I went to nationals, didn't do so well. Uh, well, I should say, I'll back, I'll back it up. Went to pin relays. We had USA versus the world and I'm running anchor leg. And there was a runner in the front of me from the Bahamas. I was trying to pass him. I clipped his heel. I got airborne somehow, little guy. And I fell on my side, separated my pelvis. And I had no idea. I'm like, this is crazy. So I went to, I went to my physician. He said, your season's over with, it's done. So you're, you separated your pelvis. You can't run for the rest of the year. And knowing me, I'm hard headed and strong will. I'm like, no, I'm not done. I'm done when I say I'm done. And so I'm just like, I, I told him to give me the strongest painkillers you give me without something that's going to uh, uh, give me, uh, you know, give me the test positive. Uh, and so he gave me Motrin and I went to, I went to nationals. I didn't make the team, but but, uh, and that was a world championship, which was a big thing. So I was really hurt. And so I went to my, my agent said, hey, we're still going to go overseas. You're still going to run the circuit and you're going to try to get into the world of like final and world like final. Most of you uh, uh, listeners out there, you have to build up points to be able to get in this final. And it's a top 400 meter runners in the world. They make the world championship team. But I wanted to make the world like final, which I went to Europe. I did that and I got the points and I, I had meets previous, I was spitting up blood. I could barely get down to my, uh, my starting blocks, but I had to block all that out. I had to literally play the pretend game that I was not hurt. And it was, and, and my mentality is, it's all or nothing that you're going to finish this race, even if you die. And, and so I literally pretended that I was not hurt. I was not, that I was not, I was not sick, that there was nothing that was bothering me. And they put me in lane seven, which is not a great lane, but I trained the worst lanes in the 400 meters. And, and so for me, every lane was a good lane. And I ended up beating, I, I beat all the top 400 meter runners in the world. And I broke the championship record with the separated pelvis. So I, I believe that a lot of the times that a lot of athletes can put themselves at a disadvantage is that when they go into a competition and they believe that they're not gonna win because of somebody's size or, or how many 
uh, blue chip all Americans they may have on their team or what this person ran last week in there, you know, they may ran this fabulous time in their event, or they may have jumped so far and they're like, wow. But, but to me is that everybody has to prove themselves that day. It's just like Michael Johnson. When I, when many, I've raced him for many years. He's a, a fabulous quarter miler, one of the best ever. And, but my mentality was, well, yeah, you're great, but I want you got to prove your greatness today because I'm going to show my greatness today. We're going to go at it, and if I, and if I, if you, if you, if there, if you come ahead of me, then I'm going to go back to the drawing board, and and to that whiteboard, and I'm going to find out what I did wrong, and I'm going to fix it, and I'm going to come back at you again. So that was that was that's been my mentality for years throughout my career. I think that's probably one of the most powerful things that people can do is to use their minds to kind of get them in a different setting and elevate them before they even begin their game or their race, whatever it is that they're attempting to do. Um, there's so much power in just the way that you think about yourself and the things that you tell yourself and say to yourself. So that's really cool to hear that you experience that as well. Well, you, if you think about it, you know, guys, I mean, what you think, what you read, what you listen to and who you're around with, I mean, is, that's who you're going to become. So if those people or those things you're, you're doing, if they're negative, um, then you're going to get negativity back in your life. It's, it's just like you throw that boomerang out, you know, up in the air. It's going to come right back at you. But if they're positive, it's going to come right back at you. So we have to make sure we're very careful and do a lot of vetting and that, that we, we have positive people in our, in, our, in our lives and we're reading positive things and listening to positive things because it can influence us in so many ways. And it's a domino effect. It can make it influence our, uh, our, our family, our friends. I mean, and it can go on and on. So true. I'm, Wondering with all of the negativity in the world today and just you've already mentioned the pandemic that we've just been living this like ongoing nightmare situation. Um, what what do you think about the state of sports in the world or even the world in general today? And what would you say to athletes or um, even pursue on your own to improve it and to help people get through it? Well, we're all going through a test right now. Every, every, I mean, the 7.8 billion people on planet Earth, we're being tested. And, and, we're, and, and it's like, just like Job. Job, got, like God, God allowed Satan to test Job to see what he was gonna do, how he was going to react and, and, that, and to see where our mentality is going to be at. If we're going to stay positive, we're going to stay, we're going to stay faithful and we're going we're gonna to keep, we're going to be optimistic. We're going keep, to keep pushing forward in life to do the right things because you can keep pushing forward a lot in life and do the wrong things. So I think it's extremely important that despite the, the chaos that's going on in the world today, that so many people are dying, we have, so many, we have so much division in our world, is that we have to be hopeful. Just like I always go back to hope because hope is extremely, extremely powerful. And, and to, to look at all these other people that have gone through so much in their life that have overcome their situation. And we, we have to do the same thing. We have, we have to continue to be optimistic. And, and we, I think we, the pandemic has given us the opportunity to be able to reflect on our own lives, like our, our weaknesses, because it's exploited, everybody exploited me, exploited you, know, you guys, exploited everybody. And, and the beauty of it is that I tell athletes all the time is that if you want to get better in life, you have to be able to, like I said, exploit that weakness and turn it to a strength because think about how much better you're going to be. We're all going to come out of this better. And, 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 and the division that we're having throughout our country, we have to realize that we only have one life. All of us only have one life. 
there's one life, there's one earth. If we don't take care of it, we don't do the right things, it's gonna pass, it's gonna pass away. And so there's, it's, it's not, this is not a video game. There's no do-overs, there's no returns. This is it. I mean, and the, if you split a house up, it's gonna fall. If your house is built on sand, it's gonna fall. We want it to be able to be built on a rock. We want to be able to come together. We don't, we want to get rid of the assumptions about people, about what, you know, what they've done, who they are, what they look like, and all those other things, and just get to know the people. I know not everybody, it's like fallacy, like the word fallacy. Everybody thinks, well, you have, you know, you're, you see a certain person, then the whole, that entire race is bad, or that entire group is bad, and that's not true. It's important for us just to get to know people and see how they are, see how they think, and, and, um, and, and, and and go by their actions. I mean, uh, we can't judge them. I mean, I believe God can only judge anybody, but but it's also too, if you see somebody, you know, if they're doing the wrong things by their actions and it's not according to your criteria, what you believe in, then you go the other way. You just pretty, you pray for them. So I think we have to have have a better mindset and put, uh, put ourselves in other people's shoes. A lot of people don't do that. I, I tend to try to tell myself and and that all the time is just to sit back and just to, to think like, Ty, what if you were in that individual shoes? Because it's easy for us to watch the news, I mean, or you're on YouTube, whatever, and you're clicking through stuff, and you can just go to something else. But what if you were in that, what if you were in that person's shoes? I mean, how would you respond? How would you feel? And I think if more people can do that, they would, they would, they would change the way they think. We, 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 we live, we live on, in, in we're in America. We, we, there's, we're the land of so many opportunities, and there's enough for everybody. But I was a part of the biggest doping scandal in U.S. history, and, and I'm not going to get too big. I'm not going to get too deep into it. But but the reason why so many athletes decided to to take a shortcut and to cheat is because they were because they wanted because they were greedy. They wanted they wanted they wanted more than than they were supposed to have. And I think if if we just if we if we have that realization that there's enough for everybody. There's enough for people, for, there's enough money, there's enough food, there's enough house, um, houses, apartments, jobs, everything. Then, we'll, then we will feel a lot, then we'll feel a lot better and we'll be, more, we'll be a lot more happier than we are now. That is a very powerful perspective. And, you know, I guess I wish more people shared the same perspective as you, but maybe that's just something <laughs> that kind of separates you from the rest. And I guess to that point, um, you've just got this very positive outlook and the ability to keep pushing forward. Would you say that, you know, maybe that gives you an edge on your competition or is there something other in your training or your mentality that gives you that ability to keep having that edge? Well, I think it's like it's it's like baking a cake. You know, you you want to bake a cake, you have to have you have to include all the ingredients. You can't include some of them, all of them. And I think with me to to help me to become who I am today, I've had so many. You know, these ingredients is like these certain people. They're their ingredients, and in my life, my my coaches, their teachers. Um, I had you know physicians, and and they helped to tell me they came together. It's like my entourage, and to to, like I said, to not be the just people to tell me, hey, Ty, like there's with your asthma, because I have really bad asthma, that there's certain things that you can't do. You have to stay within these guide, guidelines as far as your medication so we can control it and whatnot. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that it's just, it, 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 it takes, 
it takes a group of it takes like a group of positive they say the old the, the old saying takes a takes a village to raise a child right but it takes a but that there's two ways there's that's a two-way street it's a double-edged sword because you can have a, a village of people that are negative in your in your, in your life you want to have a you want to have a village of positive people to be able to bring you up the right way and so i i just think that all these people uh, cumulatively that have come in my life they have helped me to to be who i am and that's why I, it always goes back to who is in your circle you know what type of people do you have in your circle and no one no one pops out of their mother's womb and become and becomes a certain way you're you become conditioned to become a certain way and so if 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 that if that if those that individual or those individuals have been trained to to hate or to be disrespectful or to 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 quit just to just to give up then eventually you're going to you're going to eventually become that way until you break that cycle and so i i've had a lot of i've had a lot of cycles in my life that that i had to I had to that had to be broken and my coaches they broke those cycles because they come in they're like Tyree this is not the right way you have to change the way you think you have to change the way uh, you have to change who you hang around with and and so they severed those they severed those those bad things just like an umbilical like a scissors cutting an umbilical cord and so it's important that we we're we're very conscious of our surroundings because if we're not it's going to affect us it's affect us now and it affect it affect us affect our friends and family for the rest of our lives. How do you navigate severing ties with people who might not be the best for you as especially like our young athletes and um, people who are coaching young athletes are listening. How, how do you navigate that and remain empathetic and optimistic? Well, you can't, you can't please everybody. So it's, it, I, I think a lot of times we, we is, is, you know, is, it, throughout our journey in life, we, we want to please everybody. We want to make everybody happy and we want to do what they're doing. But what everybody's doing is not according to your criteria, according to your plan. And especially if, it's, if it's, they're doing the wrong things, they're doing bad things. So for me, I'm very, I'm very straight up with them. I'm going to, and some people say I'm blunt, <laughs> but if somebody is doing things and, and is detrimental to my life and to my family's life, and my friend's life, then I have to cut them off. If they are friends and, and if I'm coming to them in love and I'm letting them know, like, listen, you have to change your ways because if you continue down this narrow path, something's bad is going to happen. They don't listen. Then I have to, I have to cut them off. So I'm going to have to, I have to love you from afar. I'm going to pray for you. But, but it's like, no matter if you're like, you could be the greatest person on planet earth, but if you're hanging around bad people, and you know, bad people. Eventually, you're going to get caught up. It's, something's going to happen. Gonna, and it only takes that one time for you to do something that could just change your whole life forever. And and so, for me, I'm I'm very verbal, um, very transparent, and I just let them know, like, hey, I, this is unacceptable. But I do love you. I do care for you because it all goes back to not being that yes person in life. If I tell you what you want to hear, you're going to continue on. You're going to continue down the same path. And you're gonna and you're gonna self-destruct. I don't want anybody to self-destruct. I don't want anybody to self-destruct in my in my circle. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be straight up with you because I love you. People, like I said, that tell you what you want to hear, they don't love you. That's not love. Coaches don't coaches don't you know great great coaches, good coaches, they don't tell you what you want to hear. They're gonna get in your face and they're gonna tell you you're wrong because they really care for you. They're looking beyond the they're looking beyond the student athlete. They're like they're looking at they're looking they're looking at you for like the looking at the rest of your life. Because it's a long journey, 
But if you don't, if you don't deal with it right then and there, it's just going to be, it's going to be very cancerous. It's going to affect everything in your life. And so we have to cut it off. We have to, we have to get it out as quick as possible. That, yeah, I 100% agree with that. I've heard the saying and kind of live by it as well. You are who you surround yourself with. So, I mean, you have to just take complete charge of who you surround yourself with because if it's not adding, then it's just, you know, maybe subtracting. And if you have big goals, then it's going to maybe hinder your process to get there. So I guess. Well, you think, well, I was going to add on to that. I mean, like I've, I've been mentored. I was mentored by Jack Canfield, co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And Jack Canfield is amazing. David Metzer, he's another one that mentored me. And he, he's amazing. And, and that's one thing that Jack Canfield talked about a lot is, I mean, I took his trainer trainer course to get certified as a speaker. And there's a lot of things that I already knew, but there's so much, so much more that I've learned. And I mean, Jack, if you know, Jack Canfield, he's phenomenal. Just hear him speak and all the books he's written throughout the years and all the people he's helped. But, um, but he talked about accountability is that you have to be accountable. A lot of times that when we go make mistakes, we want to point fingers at other people. And I, I tell athletes all the world when I'm consulting or if I'm speaking, I'm just like, listen, Gus, like at the end of the day, you go look in the mirror, that person that, that reflection that, that you see, which you see yourself, I said, that's the issue right there. You need to clean up that. Once you start cleaning up your issues, then, then, then you'll then things will be more clear and you'll start seeing that, that this, it's not other people. That's the problem. It's like, you know, you're the problem. And that's happened to me. I mean, we've all got to a point in our life into where we get caught up in our feelings and we start pointing fingers at other people. But at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're accountable for our own actions. And, and I know me personally, I, I, you know, as a man of faith and I got to answer to God. I, I mean, he's not going to judge me. He's going to judge me. And so I got to do my best to, to try to clean up whatever foolishness that, that's going on in my life because I'm not perfect. And, I, and, that's, and that's another thing that I want to make sure I touch on is that a lot of times people look at pro athletes, they look at the, all the accolades they've accomplished and they, all the phenomenal things that they've done. And, and they're like, well, this per, you know, it's, it's almost like you're immortal. Like you are, you're, you're untouchable and there's no wrong you can do. No. I mean, at times, I, I, I mean, I'm a hot mess. My wife will tell you, like, I can mess up. And but it all goes back to that accountability is about just, hey, whatever is wrong, you fix it. You fix it, you do, you do what's right. And that's in the story. Truth. Honestly, I feel like the world in general would be so much more improved if people would just focus on getting their own hearts right and really like cleaning up their side of the street, as to say, and just really like projecting that they know and have self-awareness. I think that would be so huge for our whole entire world. Yeah, because it's, it's, I think that social media gives a misconception of how we are as human beings. And as, as human beings, we're flawed. We're, 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 all of us are flawed. I don't, care, I don't care how many millions you have. I don't care if you're a supermodel. You're flawed. There's something that's wrong with you. There's something that you're dealing with that you're trying to overcome. And I, I tell people, if you look at entertainment news, and you look at all the celebrities out there, they got houses, cars, money, everything. They have all of that stuff that they're, they're dealing with alcoholism. They're dealing with domestic violence. They're dealing with suicide, but they have everything. So if they're dealing, if they're, if they're going through those issues, how much more do you think you're going to go through it? Like, and you don't, you know, you're not where they're at. And so it goes, and it goes back to me is about having that, that inner happiness and loving, and just loving who you are, regardless of what everybody else is saying, regardless of what everybody else is doing, is trying to go with the trends, because everybody tends to want to, at times, want to go with the trend. And I mean, everybody wants to try to look perfect. 
you know, try to be perfect. Per yeah, perfection does not exist. It's not my coach just told me as a little boy when I was playing popular football that practice makes perfect. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I do at practice, what I do in a game. I can have this, I can have this unbelievable performance. It will never ever be perfect. But we can get better every single day. That's that's the key. Is I think that we can we can everything that we do every day. We can get better in our in our in our job. You can get better as a podcast host. I can get better as an entrepreneur. I mean, um, you get better as a you know as as a Christian or whatever it may be. I don't care what it whatever it is. Just work on getting better every single day, and that's the goal. Don't try to shoot for shoot for perfection because it doesn't exist. Because it's like this. I give this example. If you go to if you guys you guys go on YouTube. There's thumbs up and thumbs down, right? You may have a hit, like, I mean, and it's like, I like Gwen Stefani, right? So it's like Gwen Stefani may have this, you know, she had a hit, she got like 13 million, you know, you know views or thumbs up, whatever. But there's always gonna be somebody that's gonna be like, man, you know what? I think Gwen, Gwen Stefani's song hurts. It's, it's horrible, it sucks. And uh, and so so I think we have to do what makes, we have to do what makes, you know, makes us happy internally. Um, not Not what other people want us to do that that's not authentic and that's not organic. Yeah, I think, you know, people have this huge sense of pressure to be perfect or do what's accepted, but also at the same time, people have such a hard time looking themselves in the mirror and seeing what's wrong and working on their weaknesses. People love to work on the strengths. Um, so I think that's kind of, you know, props to you to keep on developing that and growing. I guess, you know, shifting gears a little bit, you're doing some speaking now and tell us what's exciting in your career right now. Yeah, so I, I, well, my, my book, Against All Odds, just came out three months ago, so you can get that on Amazon. And my, it was, you know, nothing happens before it's time. I'll tell you that. It's just anything you guys want to do in your life. And just always remember that. I mean, my book is supposed to come out 15 years ago, but things happen. And so... 15 years later, my book is out, uh, and, and it's, 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 I'm, I'm campaigning, I'm pushing it out there all over the world. I'm extremely, I'm extremely excited about it because my book talks about all the adversity I've been overcoming in my life, and there's so much more um, that, 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 I mean, that, that I share in my book that I'm talking about, you know, that I'm talking to you guys about today, but um, I'm, extra, I'm excited about it. I'm talking to Christian Turret, who's a famous film director in Hollywood. And we're we're talking about doing a Netflix, a Netflix series or a movie about my life, and which which that's for me that's another that's another opportunity that I have to be able to plant more seeds in the, in the world to be able to to give people hope that all the things that I've gone through in my life that and overcome that people can do the same thing. I'm not any different. I don't think I'm anything anybody special. I just took advantage of I just took advantage of my talent and I exploited my talent and got the right people around me. And so that's great. I'm working on, I'm working on a children's book. That's going to, I'll start that with probably next month. And my children's book is going to be about doping and sports considering I was part of the biggest doping scandal in U.S. history. And so I want to educate young people about performance enhancing drugs and, and, and recre recreational drugs in general. I was, a, I used to be in law enforcement. And, and so for me, that's, that's very important. Uh, I'm starting a nonprofit called Athletes First Asthma and which which is which is going to be great because once again it goes back to the young people i can i can i want the young people to see me because I, I i have asthma uh you know i have asthma really bad and i mean it's controlled but but i want them to know that despite having the illness that they can still be active and athletic and be involved in many different activities they can be able to do what they want to do they don't have to be isolated they don't have to live in a bubble because i didn't 
so that's uh, uh, th those are the things uh, that that I've that I've been working on. I've been virtually. I've been speaking, and and I love doing that. And when this when this pandemic passes, I'll be back on the I'll be back on the trail. I'm going to do a book tour uh, because I like to be. I like to be front and center. I like to, I want to, I want to see people in the flesh. I want to be able to shake their hands. I want to be able to hug them and be able to talk to them and, uh, and let them know about, let them know about my book. So I'm excited about that. And, and there's always things that's um, popping up. Uh, Marshall Falk, the hall of fame running back, um, uh, me and dad played for St. Louis Rams. Uh, me and him are, are going to get together and, and go on this uh, business adventure and which, which is great. So, there, there, there's so many different things, but in a nutshell, anything that I do, it always falls under, falls under the umbrella of, of me helping people. And I, I work with athletes right now. I train them. I consult with them. So a lot of athletes are getting ready for the Olympics. Uh, football players, I mean, if it's high school, college, NFL, everybody wants to get fast. <laughs> they want to run real fast. And, and there's something that David Metzer was my mentor. He told me that that it, it stuck with me is he said that athletes that want to become a professional athlete, they have great people around them before they become that professional athlete. But when athletes get, become that professional athlete, they all of a sudden they get rid of the great people around them and that support system. And I think it's important that, you know, for all you athletes out there is if you're trying to become a professional athlete, if you're trying to, uh, go to college or whatever it may be. Could continue to have those great people around you, you know, after your career in athletics is over with. You want to keep them around you because, is you we are, it all the ride come, the ride comes to an end one day for all of us. My ride came to an end, and it was it was a great ride, beautiful one. And but when you transition out to to the civilian world, right? you want to be able to make the transition a lot smoother than you would if you don't have people in your life that's going to they're going to give you great support that they're going to encourage you they're not going to be the s people and and that you're going to and then you're going to you're going to whatever it is whatever you decide to whatever this industry you decide to get into that you start you start doing that while you're in, in if you're in college or if you're a professional a professional athlete whatever it may be start working on that now because we all know that less than one percent of um uh, high school athlete or collegiate athletes just in general that they make it to the professional ranks and if you do make it that's like icing on the cake so man well it sure sounds like you're doing everything you can to put your mark on the world in a really positive and beautiful way and we are so grateful for all this time that you've spent with us today uh, really quick before we let you go um, where can people connect with you and follow along as you continue to pursue all of these awesome endeavors yeah, so you can find me. You can go to my website at www.tyreswashington.com. And that's my website. You can also go to Amazon and to purchase my book. And you can go to, Bar you can go to Amazon, you go to Barnes & Noble. And uh, those are my, you go to Instagram. Make sure you hit me up on Instagram for all you student athletes. You want to I mean, see what I'm doing, see what I'm talking about. But you know what I'm what I'm getting into. Go to Tyree S Washington. The real Tyree S Washington.com is the real Tyree S Washington. I throw that S in there now because there's a lot of Tyree Washingtons out there, and I'm like, who are you? There's only one real Tyree S Washington. That's me. So uh, I throw my middle initial in there <laughs> so I can distinguish. But but you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook at Tyree S Washington as well as LinkedIn, and those are my social media platforms. And and reach out to me. I mean, reach out and. 
uh, give me a shout and, uh, uh, you know, I, I can check out what you're doing. But, but I really love the student athletes because at one, one time I was a student athlete and I, I know that all the things, all the obstacles they're going through. I know their dreams, their goals. And, and uh, I want to I be very transparent with them and be able to help them get to the next level. I'm, all I'm doing is when I tell my story, I'm just passing a baton. That's all I'm doing. It's past my time. I hope one day that they'll be able to pass the baton and, and do it to someone else because it's, uh, I, I can't think of the, the coach, but he was in the 1920s, but he said this is that or at the, he won a big championship game and the reporter asked him, he said, asked him if he was, he was happy about his player's performance. And he said, he said, well, the performance was okay, but he said, I'll be happy. I'll be happy to see what they do in 20 years because I want them to be successful. And I think that's what's important is that, uh, like I said, athletics comes to an end. And if my athletes, uh, whatever I come across, and they're doing great 20 years from now, 10 years from now, that's what makes me happy. And I have a lot of athletes who are getting married. They're having families now. It's just they're going to careers and they, they're, they're a coach tie. Uh, you know, you know this, I'm, doing the, I'm doing X, Y, and Z, and, I'm, and I just love it. I mean, that's, you know, that puts a huge smile on my face. So, yeah. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. Wow. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Well, I appreciate you guys and you guys have a wonderful day and stay blessed. You Thank too. you.